tonight that you are cleansed by the Spirit of God. I declare over you that every way be bowed low right now. All of you, take, take the yoke of Jesus upon you that is easy and light. Thank you, Father God, right now for that change, that exchange you just made with us, Lord. We honor you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you. Lord, I ask you to touch now Leah Grace. She's carrying the word of God tonight. I pray that you would bless her and bless the rest of this time with the anointing of your spirit. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's party. Amen. So as he said, I am Leah Grace. I am 23 years old. I'm from Albertville, but I am a church member at Boaz. Um, I am not married, but the hat will make sense here in a minute. I'm not married. Um, I am uh, a daughter. I'm a sister. I'm a friend. And yeah, that's just a little bit about me. Um, there's more that I'm sure I, I could say, but I'll keep it short, uh, short, brief introduction. Um, but I'm Leah Grace, and I am very excited to be here with you guys to share what I feel that the Lord has placed on me. And I felt it was necessary to start out by introducing myself, because tonight I'm going to be talking about who I am, and who you are, and who he is. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So um, I felt it necessary, because... If you noticed, I said I am quite a lot in that introduction, um, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight is I am. And so, um, I am sounds super simple, um, but I am actually gives you an identity. It gives you a label. The word I am, and plus whatever else, is now created a label for yourself. So when you say I am Leah Grace. I am Leah Grace. That's my label. That's like my name tag. When you say, I am a daughter, that's another label you've put on yourself. I am a daughter. I am a mother. I am a bride. I am a wife. I am uh, whatever you are. You wear I am as a label. And um, think about yourself for a second. Just take a second and really just think about yourself. If somebody was to say, who are you? Who are you? If you're anything like me, you're like, well, I am, I am insecure. <laughs> I am not the brightest crayon in the box. You know, you've got this list of I am's that you've created for yourself. Maybe you've heard them from somebody. Maybe somebody said, "Hey, you're you're kind of stupid. Maybe you're 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 dumb. You're not worth anything." Maybe somebody's really told you that to the point where maybe you started saying, "Well, maybe I am worthless. Maybe I am ugly. Maybe I am nothing. Maybe I am trash. Maybe I am." always going to be an addict. Maybe I am always going to be something that somebody has to fix. Maybe I am these things until eventually the maybe starts to wear off. 
and you start walking around saying, no, I am ugly. I am depressed. I am anxious. I am never going to be good enough. I am never going to find a husband. I am never going to be loved. I am never going to be something that somebody wants. I am never going to be good enough. I am never going to be worth anything. I am always going to be somebody else's piece of meat. I'm always going to be somebody's trash. Maybe you have put your name, you've put a label on yourself because of something that somebody else has told you or maybe just a lie that the enemy's told you that you forgot to hold up and said, you're right, I am. But you're not the only person. You see, throughout scripture, there's a list of people who said, I am something. There's a list of people. I think about, I think about Sarai, Abram's wife, who is now Sarah. We know now as Sarah and Abraham. But Sarai said, I am old and I am barren. Yeah, come on. Then I think about Abraham who said, I am old. Just straight up, I'm, I'm an old man. There ain't nothing, there ain't nothing coming out of my gene. There's no, no lineage for me, Lord. No. Uh-uh. And it, plus Sarah? No, 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 no. I think about, I think about him and, the, you know, they were old. I think about Joseph. Joseph was invisible, or Joseph was rejected, imprisoned, and bound. I think about Jeremiah who said, I am young. I think about Moses who said, I am slow in speech. Yeah, come on, come on. I think about Hagar who said, I am invisible. Wow. Hmm. That hit somebody. I think about Leah who said, I am unlovable. I think about the woman with the issue of blood who said, I am unfixable. I think about Gomer who said, I am unfaithful and I am worthless. Then there's just a list that goes on. I am ashamed. I am broken. I am dirty. David said, I am unqualified. I am ashamed and I am hurting. And it continues. It goes on. There are so many labels that run through our mind like these individuals in the body. And you have one of your own. Maybe you're like me and you have a list. You have many that you've said, no, I am. I am this. I am depressed. I am suicidal. I am broken. I am not going to be good enough. And you've grabbed hold of these labels and you've put them on. And they were never supposed to be attached to you. You see... I am is a much more powerful statement than we realize. Yes, it is. Come on, Leah. You see, I am is such a powerful statement that God himself introduced himself as I am. You see, in Exodus 3.14, he said, I am the I am. That's it. He said, I am the I am. And there's many times... Throughout scripture where he says the, the I am. And at, in Genesis 15.1 he says I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. In Genesis 17.1 and 35.11 he says I am almighty God. I am God your father. 
I am the word, I am, I am the one who heals you. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I am the Lord your God. I am the one who brought you out of bondage. I am a jealous God. I am the first and the last. I am the beginning and the end. I am your teacher and leader. I am your I am the one who satisfies you, and I am the one who sanctifies you. And then that's just in the Old Testament. But then there's this man named Jesus who comes along in the New Testament. And he says, I am the bread of life. Yes. I am the light of the world. I am the gateway of the sheepfold, meaning I am your protector. Yes. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the light. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the true vine. And there's one more that I'm going to talk about at the end. You see, the name of God is I am. The name of God is Jehovah, meaning I am, which means I exist. So when God says I am, he's saying I exist. So when he says I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward, he says I exist as your shield and your exceedingly great reward. I exist as the Lord your God. I exist as the first and the last. I exist as the beginning and the end. And it's such a powerful statement to know that I am means I exist. Until the Lord asks me this question, he says, Leah Grace, do you believe I am the I am? And I said, yes, I do, Lord. He said, then how long will you continue to use my name in vain? You see, so often we take the name of the Lord, something so beautiful and precious, and say, I am worthless. And what you've just done is tainted the name of the Lord and you have used it in vain. You know, when we hear people say, don't use the name of the Lord in vain, we think of, oh my God. We think of, oh Lord, Jesus, Lord We think of those things. No, you shouldn't say those things. But how often do we say, I am nothing. I am worthless. I am, I am always going to be, I'm always going to need a person. I'm always going to need this person. I'm, I'm never going to go anywhere. I'm never coming out of this. I am ashamed. I am worthless. I am a waste of I'm a waste of time. I am worth adding. I am a mistake. We so often take something so precious. This name of God, the I am. And we attach the enemy's labels and the enemy's lives to his name. And he said, Leah Grace, how often will you use my name in vain? You see, in where am I at, Lord? <laughs> in Exodus twenty verse seven, it lists, "Do not use the Lord's name in vain" as the third commandment. But that full thing says this. This is we all know the third commandment is don't use the Lord's name in vain. But what we stop, we stop there. But there's more to that verse. 
And it says, Do not use the Lord's name in vain, for the Lord will not leave the one who does guiltless. So when we say, I am worthless, we feel that. We think it's a true identity. We think it's a true statement. Because we've used the Lord's name in vain. And we feel the weight of that. We feel the weight of it. He did not leave us feeling guiltless over it. He's like, I don't want you to wear that. But when you say I am, it's more powerful than you realize. And you've attached it to you. And it's not who you are. It's not who you are. But so often, we do this, and that's why false labels seem so real to us and so heavy. And it feels like it's a true part of our identity. Because as you mislabel yourself with the lies of the enemy... You are not only tainting the name of the Lord, but you are tainting your Christ-given identity, resulting in a lasting effect if not dealt with. So that's why when we say things like, I am ugly, I am worthless, I am nothing, I am useless, I am always going to be addicted to this thing, I'm always going to need this person, I'm always going to need to be fixed, I am always never going to be good enough, I am worth nothing, I am I am anxious. I am depressed. When we say those things, we are saying that we exist as those things. And so it feels so real. Because we feel the effects of the false labels. Because we've used the name of the Lord in vain. It was never supposed to be used that way. And I'm reminded in John 8... Of a woman who probably said a list of things about herself. You see, there's a woman in John 8 who I can imagine when she came to the end of her road, she said, I'm not coming out of this and I'm going to die. In fact, it's a true statement because her only option was to be stoned. That's it. Her only option was to be stoned. You see, in John 8, there's a woman. Her name is not mentioned. She's not given a name. She's given a label until she comes face to face with someone who gives her an identity. Come on. You see, there's a woman in John 8, and she is known as an adulteress. She wears a label proudly as the adulteress. Not proudly, but she wears it. She wears it for all to see. Everyone knows her around town as, oh, that's that girl. That's that one. Yeah, we know where you were at last night. We know who you were with last night. But I can only imagine that this woman has a past of trauma, pain, hurt, anger, bitterness, heaviness, abuse, neglect. I can only imagine that the things that this woman has faced is, was so great that she said, I am an adulteress. I am all these things that people say that I am. I am worth nothing. But whatever this is, I am nothing. I will only be wanted for sex. I am my body. I am who these men say that I am. I am nothing. Come on. 
I'm nothing. I am useless. I am trash. And I am an absolute waste. I was a mistake. I'm shameful. I'm broken. I'm hurting. And I'm not supposed to be this way. That's right. But she had no other choice. She had no other she had she thought she had no other choice, had no other options. She had literally come to the end of the road. So this woman who is known as the adulteress, was caught in the very act of adultery. Caught in the very act. We talk a lot about this woman. We don't talk about the other guy, but I ain't touching on the other guy tonight. (laughs) But this woman, she was brought out where she was. It says she was caught in the very act, so I believe she was unclothed or partially clothed when she was drugged through the streets and stood in front of all these men. All these men, all judgmental eyes were on her. She was naked, ashamed, and had nowhere else to go, and she was on death row. Come on. She was fixing to die. She had come to the end of her road. There was no other option but for her to be stoned. By law, by Moses' law, that was how it was supposed to go. But the Pharisees made a mistake. They asked this man, who they were trying to catch off guard, trying to trick, trying to swindle. And how many of y'all know you can't trick Jesus? You can't trick him. I've tried to trick him. You can't trick Jesus. So here come these Pharisees. They bring this woman. They stand her before Jesus. And they say, hey, this right here is worth nothing but a good stoning. The law of Moses says such a woman as this should be stoned should be killed and put to death instantly. But since you're such a good teacher and know everything. <laughs> Amen. Who do you, what do you say we should do with this, with this thing? And I can only imagine she was standing there with her head down. Because if I thought I was fixing to get stoned, I wouldn't want to watch it happen. If I was ashamed, when you're ashamed, what do you do? You don't lift your head up real proud and say, yeah, man, I'm I'm so ashamed. No, your head hangs low. I can only imagine she felt so heavy, so broken, and was like, just do it. Stop asking questions. I know what I did. I know what I've been doing, and I know who I am. But Jesus didn't answer him. Not right away anyhow. He stooped low. And he lowered himself for the first time. For the first time he lowered himself. And they were like. 
Ex excuse me. Oh <laughs> um, we have a naked woman here. We need to know what to do with her. <laughs> we she's tainting our streets. Oh, come oh, on, girl. Oh. That's good, Leah. What do you want us to do with her? stands up. He looks at the woman. He looks at the Pharisees. Looks at all the men standing around with stones in their hands. Because they were ready. They had them in their hands. They were ready. He said, you know what? Let he who is without sin cast the first stone. But he didn't sit and wait. He didn't say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch. Which one of y'all is going to throw it? It says he lowered himself again. He lowered himself, went back to the ground, lowered himself again. Hello, sweet dog. So he lowered himself. And while he was low, the enemy scattered. Amen. They said, we have messed up. Because where she was supposed to be the only one accused, now we're all being accused. Come on. Come on. Now we're all, all our mail's been read. We were just reading her letter. We were just reading her. It was supposed to stop at her. But now they know where I've been, and he, I know where he's been, and he, and we can't, we can't show ourselves. We can't. So I can only imagine, it says it started with from the oldest to the youngest, and I can, I, I think it's, I, I, I see things like it as a movie in my head, and I just see the Pharisees like, slowly dropping their stones, like, don't let them know that the holy people are sinners. <laughs> but it says that from the oldest to the youngest, stones began to drop. And Jesus was low, and the woman was still left standing there, naked, ashamed, and broken. She's still standing there. She's wondering, why has this not ended? Why has there not been a stone thrown at me? I can't look up because the minute I do, I'm going to see a rock curled at my face, and I would rather stand here naked, disrobed, exposed, than to watch my life come to an end, even though I deserve it. Come on. I know who I am. I know what I did last night. I know what I did five minutes ago when they pulled me out of that bed. I know what I did. I know who I am. But the stones began to drop, and I can just see her with her head still hanging low. When Jesus stands up, and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? If somebody asked me where my accusers were when I was fixing to get stoned, I would have thought it was a sick joke. I would have. I would have had my head down with my eyes closed, ready for impact. And then somebody said, where are your accusers? I'd have been like, this is a sick joke to get me to watch this happen to me. 
to, for me to watch this unfold, for me to watch these stones be cast at me, for me to hear this judgmental word from my parents, for me to hear this judgment from my husband, for me to hear this judgment from a friend, that you're just waiting for me to open my eyes so that I can watch it all happen and be even more broken, hurt, and exposed than I was when they drug me in here. But she didn't. It says she looked up. And why did she look up? You see, when Jesus called her woman, he didn't call her woman. See, that word woman translates to bride or beloved. This adulterous woman who was just drugged from the bed that she just laid in, in her filth, in her mess, standing there naked, exposed, ready to die on death row, hears a sweet voice of someone saying, Beloved, where are your accusers? And I can only imagine she had never heard that before. If she had, it had been a very long time since anyone had identified her as beloved or bride. So when he said, woman, where are your accusers? He said, beloved, where are your accusers? And I can just imagine her stunned and looking up You're talking to me. (laughs) So she looks around. She says, I don't see anyone. He says, well, neither do I accuse you. Go, sin no more. And he sends her on her way. But why did he have the right to say, neither do I? Because he said, let he who is without sin cast the first stone, knowing he was the only sinless one there. Amen. Knowing he was the only one who could choose to punish her or show her grace. Amen. She came face to face with a Savior. She came face to face with her beloved. In that moment, she was given an identity. And the label was removed. You see, you may be saying, Leah Grace, how do we relate to this? Maybe you don't have a sexual past. Maybe you have maybe you can't fully, totally relate to this woman. But there's a bigger picture behind the story that I feel. And when I saw this, when the Lord showed me this, I've never been able to read this story the same. You may be asking, Leah Grace, how does this apply to the body of Christ? How does this apply to us as members of the body of Christ? What is the body of Christ known as? The bride. 
And I believe that this story is a beautiful foreshadowing of what was to come. You see, a hurt, lost, and dying world was presented in heaven. And I can just imagine that it was like, what do we do with this broken, lost, and dying world? We've tried to flood, it didn't work. We've tried fire in cities and it didn't work. We've tried to burn people up. We've tried to kill people. We've got the earth to swallow them up. What do we do with this dying world? And Jesus lowers himself for the first time. Uh Stoop number one. He was presented sins of the world. So he stoops low. Stoop number one. Then he confronts the sins of the world when he rises. He said, he confronts the sins of the world. He looks around, confronts the sins of the world. And how did he handle that? By stretching his arms out on the tree, saying, Father, forgive them. Thank you, Jesus. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Come on. What happened then? Is he took on the grave, stoop number two. After being, after calling out the sins of the world. After saying, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. After, his, after he arises from his dissension. He confronts the sins of the world to go low again, to, be, to die and to be buried. He lowers himself for a second time. While he is lowered the second time, says the enemies dropped their stones and scattered When Christ died for you, he took on death, hell, and the grave so that you didn't have to. So that you didn't have to. He lowered himself for a second time, and then he arose. When he arose, he looked at us. He looked at his children. He looked at the world. And he said, where are your accusers? He looked at his bride. He looked at his children. He looked at the ones who have been saved, who he died for. The ones who said, he he looked at them. And he said, beloved, where where are your accusers? And in that moment, that woman received grace, which is what Christ came to do, is to give you grace. When he died and hung on that tree he gave, and rose again, he gave you grace. We are his bride. We are his beloved. And when he faced the dirt that said that we didn't have to. And now we can stand as his bride. In Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. And I now, I no longer live, but Christ in me. And the life that I now live in my body, I live by faith. By the faithfulness of God. The one who died for me. The one who took on the dirt for me. 
and in Corinthians five in Second Corinthians five seventeen. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, and the new has come. And you may be here today, and maybe you've never known Christ as your Savior. Maybe you have never known him as the lover of your soul. And maybe you're here, and you've never known him. You've never had anything to do with him, or you felt that you could never have anything to do with him. Maybe you thought, I'm so dirty for the world, I will never be clean enough for a king. Come on. Maybe you look down with your shame, and all you see are your I am labels of things that you've allowed the enemy to attach to you. Maybe you're looking down at all of these things. And you're like, there's no way that this Jesus guy can ever want anything to do with me. But let me tell you, he's already done it. He's already done it. You see, in Matthew 8, there's a story of a man who comes to Jesus. And this is the first time reported in the New Testament that Jesus says, I am. In Matthew 8, a leper approaches Jesus. He is bruised. He is broken. He is infected. He is untouchable. And he only has the smallest remnant of hope. The smallest little bit of hope. He approaches Jesus he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can clean me. This man had been rejected by everyone. He had been kicked out of his town. He had been kicked out of his home. He had been left on the side of the road, had no hope. But he heard about this man named Jesus. And he acknowledges him as Lord. Why? Because he knew that there was something greater there. He said, Lord, if you're willing, you can be cleansed. And Jesus said, I am willing. Amen. I am willing. Be cleansed. Maybe you're here. And you don't feel that you're worth his willingness. But let me tell you, he's got it for you already. You've got to come to him. Maybe you're somebody who does know the Lord. Maybe you're somebody who has already known him as your personal Lord and Savior and has known him as the lover of your soul. But there's still still some lingering labels that stick around and that haunt you. And I want to tell you today, there's no label too big, no label too small, that his blood did not already wash away. When you come into Christ, you are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. It has come. When you come to know Christ, you are made new. You are washed clean. 
The dirt's removed. You are a new creation. You are clean. And so with that being said, I'm going to leave you guys with this. He is willing. Yeah. Come on. Yes. He is willing. He is willing. He sees you as so much more than what the world has tried to label you as. He sees you more as an adulteress. He sees you more than trash. He sees you more than worthless. He sees you as so much more that he took on the dirt so that you didn't have to. He bore the shops on his back so you didn't have to. He is willing, but will you let him clean you and rid you of those things? Will you let him remove your false labels? Will you let him take them off of you? His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And when you walk in heaviness and shame and guilt, those things start to come. To, to feel real heavy because they were never yours to carry because they've already been carried mm-hmm. and nailed to a cross Come on. taken to the grave Amen. and rose in victory Amen. he is victorious and because he is victorious you are victorious yeah. And you can begin to wear the labels like I am loved. I am valued. I am precious. I am blessed. I am more than enough. I am. I am precious. I am a daughter. I am worth loving. I am free. Yes. Yes. I am no longer a slave. I am no longer in prison. I am no longer broken. I am his. I am whole. I am redeemed and restored. I am cleansed. I am washed. I am sanctified. I am his. And I am more than a conqueror. Through Christ Jesus. Yes. Yes. And I'm his beloved. Amen. He sees me as so precious. And he loves you. He loves each of you so very much. It took me a long time to see that for myself. Yeah, come on. For a long time. I wore those labels like they were a badge of honor. Because just like this woman who was caught in adultery, I heard the lies too. The lies that I was only ever going to be worth what a man was willing to pay. What men were willing to pay. 
But then I realized that there was a man who was willing to pay the the ultimate price. No greater love than this. And for a man who lays down his life for a friend. And now I can know him as a friend. I am a friend of God. Amen. And because I am his friend, because he loves me, I have power, authority, yeah. and a boldness that I can walk in. Yes. So that when the Thank enemy you. tries to come along and give me those labels and put those back on me, I'm reminded of the date. Bless her, Lord. Thank you. I'm reminded. Of the day that I was baptized in the lake. I walked in. I stepped into the water. And I couldn't move. Because I felt things start to fall off of me. Before I went under the water. And when I got out to that lake. Pastor Chris looked me in the eyes. And said Leah Grace. By faith. Believe this. By faith. And had I not heard those words and received it by faith, the minute my feet hit that sand, the enemy told me, you're only going to get dirty again. And because I took it by faith, I said, oh, no, no, no. This time was different. And now I have an authority. And I'm not letting you stick those labels back on me. So when the enemy tries to come around and say, remember you're worthless. Remember what they did to you. Remember who they told you that they were. Remember, remember the good times. Remember how good that felt when you wore that label and were able to do those things because it was part of who you were. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Remember how that felt? Remember, you're only going to be worth Whatever, whatever I say that you are. But because it's no longer I, but Christ in me. I have power and authority to say, you know what? Mm -mm. That's not who I am. Because who I am is found in Christ. Because I was created in the image and likeness of God. If I'm not mistaken, I am his beloved. If I'm not mistaken, I am his. I am loved. And his I am exceeds anything you say that I am. Far exceeds. Why? Because it's his name. It's so powerful that it is his name. So his I am. Is the only I am. And any other thing that the enemy tries to tell you, it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. And there's no fancier way to put it. And I wish that I knew big words to give it a bigger word. (laughs) But it's a lie. It's just a lie. There's nothing true about it. So today, you have the choice. Will you let him (coughs) remove those 
what what label are you carrying that you're so tired of carrying but you don't know how to take it off? There are some things that were said that got super glued to me, that were stitched, that was so deep that it felt like it was stitched to me, that it felt like it was my identity, and I needed a surgeon to remove some of those labels. Not all labels are easy labels that you can just be like, no, I'm good looking. Not all labels are easy labels that you can just shrug off. That's good. Some of them are lingering and they're deep and they're stitched. Some are loosely stuck on like a post-it note and some have been stitched into you. Rejection. Fear. Anger. Hurt, neglect, abused. Those are just some that can be stitched to you. For me, I were, I am afraid for a long time. I were, I am rejected for a very long time. I wrote, I am never going to be good enough for a very long time. And I wore, I'm always going to be this way for a very long time. And then Jesus came. And I was willing. So will you let him get rid of those things that you don't know how to, that you don't know how to release? It's already available for you. He is willing, but he's waiting on you to ask him. I'm done, Pastor Chris.